Hey guys, it's team night and I have a very, very special friend and guest here. I have Kelly Rowland here with us. Uh, Kelly, so good to have you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Now, a lot of people don't know that you're a part of our community here at Mosaic. And, um, but everybody knows that uh, you're one third of uh, Destiny's Child. And, and when I share with my friends that we were gonna have this conversation, they all said to me, we don't care what else you, you talk about. You have to ask her about Destiny's Child and about the <laughs> and about what it was like to be there with Michelle and with Beyonce. And can you just give us a little bit of your own story? Of course, of course. I mean, myself and uh, B grew up together um, ever since we were ten and eleven years old. Wow. And um, you know, we experienced so many adventures together in the industry and personally. And she is one of the closest people to me, um, her and her mother and her sisters, Solange and Angie. And, you know, we're a tribe. And then of course, like um, as the group progressed, um, Michelle came into the group and it was literally like a breath of fresh air. And she came in and it just, it was like, we felt like, I, I remember at the time we said it was a click, like the formula was right. And she was just so instrumental in, not just our sound, but our faith and our walk. And I'm just so blessed to have the girls, not just as like, you know, us singing on stage and doing photo shoots and all these other amazing things together, but my life sisters. And hmm. the only thing that separates us is blood. And I can talk to them about anything. And the type of relationship that we have is, is necessary for life, you know? Awesome. Um, so definitely my sisters, but yeah, Destiny's Child is, one of the greatest things to ever happen to me. All right, so I know you grew up in Atlanta. Yes. And so that's, um, that's where the story kind of began. So how old were you when Destiny's Child finally formed together into an actual uh, unit? We were 10 wow. years old. In Atlanta, I was actually, uh, my first solo was in church. Oh, really? Yeah, my first solo was in church. I sang, uh, I want to walk and talk with Jesus. <laughs> and I'll never forget how it felt to stand on this chair. My mama gave me the ugliest little outfit, but it was cute in that time. Um, but I just looked like a cupcake, just stuff, just frosting everywhere with all these bows and, and everything. And, um, but I, I remember my gaze at the crowd was from right to left and from left to right again and how there were church hats and people like, like, singing and dancing like I, I felt the essence of it and I was like oh yeah I love this I love singing <laughs> so you discovered your gifts actually in the community of faith in the church absolutely and everybody was so encouraging and I learned so much and I learned style you know mm -hmm. what I mean I felt like style was there flair was there and and feeling and soul was there and if you didn't have that like you weren't really like getting into the groove of what that was. Now, what was the creative process for you guys when you first started up? I mean, you're young. I mean, you're obviously an underachiever by starting at 10. <laughs> I mean, most of us are just trying to figure out how to not get beat up in third grade, but here you are, you guys are starting Destiny's Child. And what was the first big break for the band? The first big break was actually Star Search. It was before- I remember that. It was before Michelle actually got into the group, but it was Star Search. And at the time we were in uh, Girls Time, that was the name of the group. And it was like eight of us on Star Search. <laughs> and um, it was a lot of us. We were the hip hop rapping and uh, went against this band, Skeleton Crew. Isn't that a shame? I remember. That means it was trauma. So <laughs> I remember, I remember they're like, Skeleton Crew gets four stars and girls time gets three stars. We sat there like this, like, okay. Smiles all fixed, like, okay. As soon as the curtain like swept in front of our faces, you've never seen kids cry the way you saw us cry. Mm. We thought that all the dream was done. We thought that it was over. And at that time, I remember we uh, switched management and he was like, I believe in you girls. Let's go get this deal and let's, let's move forward. And we did. And I remember, you know, through that process, it was a lot of rehearsal. It was a lot of hard work. It was fun for us. We didn't care. We thought like summer, summer is like all our friends are 
going to pool parties and doing all kinds of like fun stuff as kids were like, no, we're going to one more time, five, six, seven, eight, like learning how to walk in heels and, mm -hmm. and harmonizing together and blending. Like it was, it was a real, like we wanted to eat, drink, sleep, dream, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Music and, and each other so that we could be on one accord. And it definitely paid off. Definitely. Well, that, that reminds me of the times I, when people ask me, how do I know if I'm pursuing the right dream? Mm -hmm. I, I, will, I will oftentimes tell them, it's not about your desire for the outcome. It's about your love for the process. Mm -hmm. When you love the process, you know you're pursuing the right dream. Oh, that's so good. And that's it so good. sounds like you guys just love the process. Everybody else is playing, but you're, you're uh, going through the discipline of greatness. Yes. Yes, it's so true. And, and I think that a lot of the times in that space, you get told no. Mm -hmm. You know, you get told, oh, well, you're just not ready. And we're like, okay, well, then let's just go get more ready. Or what do we need to work on? And it was wanting to craft something mm -hmm. really special and that was unique and genuine and authentic to who we were. And we were. And All right. A lot of people quit when someone tells them you're not ready. A lot of yeah. people give up when someone says, no, you're not what we're looking for. What was it inside of you and, and B and uh, that didn't allow you to give, give up, that, allowed you, that, that kept you believing that you could create the future you were imagining and longing for? I think that it was seeing it. Like if I closed my eyes, I saw it. And I remember writing down when I was five years old, my mom said that I wrote down, when I grow up, I wanna be a singer like Whitney Houston and wear a red dress. And funny enough, <laughs> funny enough, I remember after I, I don't know, no, it was a little bit before, I can't think of which year that was, but I, I called my mom, I said, mama, I wore a red dress, I wore a white dress, I wore a yellow dress, I wore a black dress, I wore a blue dress, I wore this, I wore that. I was like, and I can't believe that it's happening. And she was like, I know, baby. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> a really sweet moment because I love that she reminded me of that. And I loved how I, I never silenced that part. You know what I mean? Even yep. through no's, even through, and by the way, I lost my confidence a lot, Pastor Erwin. I really, really did. I lost it a lot because there would be different producers to come in and say, oh, well, you shouldn't do you, you should sit down or um, you know, you you or be hard on me, like, but extremely hard for a 12 year old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it's like, you ain't singing it, right? Like it was very aggressive, but for some strange reason, I, I don't even know where fight came from mm. with me, but I'm happy that I stuck to it. And I'm also happy that I had the group with me. You know, and I had be with me. I had Michelle with me. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and we had someone behind us who was just like, because <clears throat> they saw the greatness. Like when you see someone and you see their greatness, you do want to push them and nudge them a little bit more because if they're already great, there's definitely a space to be greater. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when you describe that, I'm reminded of uh, the passage in Ecclesiastes when Solomon talks about a, a three-strand chord and how when, when there are three together, they're stronger. When one falls down, there's someone to pick you up. And a lot of times people only use that passage when it comes to, uh, to marriage, you know, because there's the two strands and the third strand, but really it's just as powerful in friendships. Yes. When you have those people that you walk with through your life and, and they don't let you settle for average. They don't let you settle for less. And they inspire you and they prod you and, and their um, pursuit of greatness causes you to pursue greatness. It sounds like you've had that throughout your life in friendships. Yes, no, absolutely. I, I definitely say iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. for sure in, in my space. And I'll never forget this one performance in New York. It was when Destiny's Child was out and we were doing some really great things. We were number one and all headed for another number one. And... I'll never forget, we were at um, this Hot 9-7 show in New York. And um, when they called our name, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Destiny's Child. Boo! <laughs> we got the loudest boo. And we were like, what in the world? And so we sat there for a second like, oh my gosh, are we gonna go out here? And so <laughs> I saw, I call it the, the tiger. I saw the tiger in B's eye, 
And I saw her run out and I was like, oh, I'm going out with her. I'm not going to let her go out there by herself. Like, that's not going to happen. And then like everybody comes on and here, here we are on stage and we're singing and they still booing. And then I'll never forget, we did a gospel medley and we said, oh, y'all go boo God. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept going and we sang Survivor. And I think it was Survivor or something. I can't think of what it was again. And, but we were okay. You know what I mean? I think that it was something that we had to get through to just kind of like give us a little bit more, more grit. And, and I'm happy we did. I felt okay. really proud after that performance. I just, I felt like I'm just um, a muscle person. You know what I mean? Felt good to flex that muscle. That, that's a, so interesting because even as a, as a young girl, you had to deal with haters. Yeah. And you're having to decide whether you're going to listen to the voices of those around you or the inner voice that uh, calls you forward in your life. Now, I know that you're a person with a deep faith. How has your faith interplayed throughout your career and throughout your own personal journey? In the time when me and the girls first came out, I'll never forget, we were just like on fire for God, period. And I truly believe that that's why he just started opening up doors. We just trusted in a way like we were just like in, in, unstoppable. Mm. And I felt like this protection, I felt prepared, I felt ready, like I, I really did. And I'll never forget when we lost members and we were thinking, what are we going to do? Mm. And we were in church one day and it just felt like something was in the air. Mm. Like the, the, um, the, I don't, I don't want to say healing, but just mending, like, you know, almost like something was being like mended together. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. And, and I, I was like, what is going on? Like, and why is this happening? And we're, I remember at that time, like, I remember feeling like, oh my God, we're losing our friends. You know what I mean? And, and it's in front of everybody. So it's the embarrassment, it's the humility of, of it all. And next thing I knew, here comes Michelle, mm. um, and who's got this great faith and is awesome and teaching us about faith. And it was like, it was like she came at the perfect time. Mm. You know what I mean? She came at the perfect time and it was, she was just a blessing, truly, truly. And she was so bold because she like came onto a moving train like at that time i remember there were like two number one records that we had and we were going into another number one record and here she is just doo -doo, like just jumped right on and came right on like a soldier that she is and then i remember getting into my first relationship like first real relationship with a little boyfriend no good and <laughs> and i'll never forget how that kind of like how, uh, robbed me some a bit of my innocence just because of the fact that I think a lot of that was like he was manipulative and and just really really here you know what I mean so I remember losing my faith a bit but it was because I was like in this really toxic relationship and, and, and really suffering. He yeah. like going through this identity moment, real, a real identity moment and um, wondering where God was. He was right there all along mm -hmm. and um, just experiencing a lot of growing up. I experienced a lot of growing up in the industry mm -hmm. and it was heavy and I remember like my faith going in waves. And then it came a time where my best friend just asked me, she said, has he ever left you? I said, no. She said, have you ever suffered? I said, no. She said, then you're fine. She mm -hmm. said, I promise you, you're going to get through this. She's like, but you will have another hurdle and you will ask God where he is and he'll be right there. So it's okay. That's so good. It must be so hard to, to grow up in front of, a national audience and in front of a global audience to to have to mature and go through experiences while everybody's watching you and you know most people get the the um the grace of making their mistakes 
in private. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so I'm kind of curious because here you are in many ways, like a child prodigy, you, you know, you guys were incredibly talented at an incredible young age, but now you're one of the judges on the voice. And so when you're looking for, um, for that, that spark, you're not just looking for a great voice. You're not, you're looking for this composite of what makes a star or what, what creates an artist. What, what, what are some things you look for when you think that person has it? I look for grit. I look for hunger. Like how bad, like as far as like how, how hard are they willing to work for it? I just remember how hard me and the girls were willing to work. And I just remember what that was that, that we had. And I always say, uh, when I'm doing my pitch to get other artists, I'm like, look, at, he, over here at Team Kelly, we are down to do the work. You have to be down to do the work. I'm gonna be on you. But it's only because I'll see something in you. And I, see so I obviously see something in you because I'm pitching to you to be your coach. And so, you know, sometimes you get, um, someone who is like definitely down to do the work. And at other times, you know, you get somebody who might not be ready yet. And you have to ask them like, are you ready? You know, um, but I definitely look for somebody who's down to do the work because there's always going to be somebody who's going to outwork you and you want to outwork them. <laughs> so it sounds like you don't actually think the talent is the ceiling as much as it is the determination. Absolutely. I feel like, well, when I, I'm sure you've watched The Last Dance. I did, of course. When I look every, every episode. <laughs> yes, every episode. So, like, I remember, like, a long time ago, I think it was either Jay-Z or um, my husband saying that, you know, the talent is one thing. The work behind it is another. Yeah. And you see Michael Jordan. You see... Beyonce. You see, like, all these different artists who put in the work a different kind of way. You know what I mean? And it's remarkable. You know, it's, it's truly remarkable because it's just, it's, it's what separates you from everybody else is the work. Wow, that's so, so, so good. Uh, yeah, I think a consistent theme, every time I talk to someone who accomplishes anything really great, mm -hmm. it's that there's an endless amount of work. In fact, I think that there's almost a, a, a line of division between people who um, are willing to work so hard, give everything they have. And it, it's not always the most talented person who accomplishes the greatest things. It's really the person who takes the talent they have and they just squeeze every fiber of that talent out of themselves Absolutely. to accomplish something. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned your husband, Tim, yes. and then you have a little boy named Titan. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your husband, your marriage, and uh, your son. My husband, I met actually when Michelle got in the group, but we didn't like start dating until much later. Michelle came in the group in 20, yeah, 2000, 2000, 2000, 99, 2000, something like that. Um, then he and I didn't get serious for another eight, almost 10 years. Wow, we were not in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, we were just, I mean, he, I was, I was dating and he was dating and he would come like to Michelle, I mean, come with Michelle to like certain like events and on tours sometimes and like, you know, just like sit in rehearsals or whatever. But like, I wasn't really, I wasn't really looking at him <laughs> So, And he would always drop this line and Michelle always had this funny thing. She's like, you know, Tim loves you. When she first got in the group, she's like, oh, my brother Tim, he just loves you. I always say he gonna marry him to Kelly Rowland. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I literally just gave him a ha. Shame on me. Um, but he, gave, he literally, um, we just started talking on the phone one day and we just never stopped. And mm. he, he scared me because I knew he was my husband. And mm. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not trying to, to hurt this man. Let me just back away for a second. And I, and I did, and, um, but I missed him so much. Mm. I missed him so much, and I missed our talks, and I, I knew he was mine, and I knew I was his, and next thing we knew, we were 
dating for years and then got married in 2014 and wow. had her baby the end of 2014. So it was just really beautiful, beautiful mm. and, and natural and organic. Mm. That's what fun. He's your manager. Well, actually now we're just husband and wife, which oh. I love. So now, now you're his boss. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, um, he actually, we, we don't, we no longer work together anymore. No, no, I'm joking. I'm talking about your marriage. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish he was here for that. That's funny. Yeah, because I know I, I just work for my wife, Kim, and yes. <laughs> I, I'm very, very clear. I'm just here to, to fulfill her wishes. And, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Yeah, but he is—he is so talented, and he just really pushes me to always be the best version of myself, and I'm so grateful to him for that. All right, well, you're an iconic um, star for so many women. So I got—we have a lot of single women right now who are listening to you. What would you tell them? Are two or three things they should look for in the man they want to marry? Honesty a good communicator and let's see, a good communicator, honesty, and above anything, a man who is clear on his faith. Mm. Hold on, I'm so sorry. Yes, Titan, yes, Titan. Um, I'm so sorry. It's all right, can we meet Titan? Huh? Now, Jelly Bean. Yes, can you tell everybody hello? Hello, Titan. <laughs> Good to see you today. What do you say? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you're going to have jelly beans. Okay. <laughs> That's just like Aaron, all the time interrupting me for jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> he used me. He used me. Oh, mom, mom. Yes, son. Can I have jelly beans? Okay. That was so good. He knew exactly when to ask. <laughs> yes, he did. He totally did. That's so good. <laughs> I try to remember. All right. So working our way backwards. Uh, I can't remember the last question I asked. <laughs> but I think I was asking about Tim and Titan. Oh, yeah. Uh, two or three things that you would encourage women to look for in a man. You said, you said uh, honesty. You said a good communicator. And yes. then? Someone who is clear on their faith. I love that. Like um, you have to, because I feel like, I remember, I remember dating someone who said, yeah, I believe in God. And the next thing I knew, he was just had kind of had his hands in so many different things as far mm -hmm. as faith was concerned and religion was concerned. And when we'd have talks, they would end up in bickers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just yeah. pop, 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 like, and I was like, this is too much. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to have conversations about God and faith and scripture with Tim mm -hmm. like when we first got on the phone and, and he, his grandfather was a pastor. His father was a pastor. So I was just wow. like, this is perfect. I'm so excited. Do, do you and have he, a favorite verse? Hmm? Do you have a favorite verse? Favorite verse? Do I have you don't, you don't have to have one. I'm just wondering. I know, but I do because Mich it actually came from, came from Michelle when Michelle first got in the group. Can I text her? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can text her. And I'll come back and ask you a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you were about to say something about Tim. Um, what was I going to say? Um, you talk about how some other guys would talk about God, but they were just everywhere. Yes, yes. So they were just everywhere. But Tim just had this very solid, honest place and pure place where he talked mm -hmm. about God and where we talked about God and how we bonded and it was just awesome. Yeah, I just remember those first conversations because they were so sweet and and we'd be on the out, like on the phone for hours. Like I remember one conversation lasting like all night when I was in like some country I I really can't pronounce. I'm I'm ashamed to say, but or spell, but it was incredible to be able to have this really great bond with him. Uh, well, you know, the way you talk about Tim, I'd almost think you were madly in love with him. Yes, I love my husband. <laughs> and by the way, it's hard. It really is because I didn't get an example of what marriage was supposed to be like. You know what I mean? My, my mom was in her own 
situation of what she mm. thought relationships were. And I, I'm learning. I'm learning how to be a wife. I'm learning how to communicate. I'm learning how not to hold something in because I'm just, you know, trying not to kick up dust. But then I need to know how to communicate it pleasantly to where I'm not just, you know, mm -hmm. doing too much, basically. So what are some things you're learning about marriage that would be really valuable for others who are maybe new in their marriages? Um, to be patient. Hmm. To really be patient, because I think even sometimes, because I won't know how to communicate something, um, I'll get impatient with myself. And then that will actually, in turn, like I'll be impatient with Tim. Mm. And um, learning how to communicate has been a big one for me. Um, what else? Um, and not expecting that mess on TV, because it's not real. <laughs> TV and movie relationships are not real. They are not, and they require work, and they are, you know, constantly like changing and evolving, and you are constantly changing, and your spouse or husband or wife is constantly changing and evolving. You have to allow them the space to do so. It's fair. It's so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on you just a little bit, because when I when I first met you. And I, I have to say, you're, you might be the first person who ever said this to me. Um, in the first conversation we ever had, you were, taught, you, were, you were visiting, coming to Mosaic. You were kind of, you know, dating us a little bit, you know, trying to see if this is where you're supposed to come with your family. And, yes. and, um, and Tim was still processing it all and trying to decide, was Mosaic the right place for you guys? And, yes. and, and you're very loyal. And so a huge part of that was that you wanted to make sure that it was the right time for you to go from the church you were in to this is where you should be at this stage in your life. I really respected all that. And, but you said to me, I can't wait till we're here because I love to give. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, have to, I, I have to tell you that almost never happens. You almost never hear what he say. <laughs> I can start giving here. Yeah. And, and then as I talked to you a little bit more about it, you, you actually said, you may not remember this, but you said, I love giving. I love talking about giving. If you ever need someone to talk about why it's important and why people should do it, uh, just ask me. Yes. So I'm asking. Yes. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about how you came to love giving um, and um, how that's become a conviction in your and Tim's life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and what you've learned in the process of learning to be a generous person. I watched my mom be a generous person. Mm. I watched her give her very last. I watched her give with faith. And I would be thinking like, where, when am I going to eat? You know, like, I'm like, you know, you just gave everything and, and you, and she like, you know, she, and she knew it. Like I watched her like, you know, clutch her chest and, and then give. And even going through my own time where there was a lot of like, no one will believe this is actually be the first time I talk about it, but where I almost lost everything because I was so busy trying to keep up, you know what I mean? Whether it was the look, whether it was the wardrobe, whether it was the car, whether it was the place, whether it was the, you know what I mean? All that silliness. You were rich broke. Rich broke. Rich broke. Yeah. And um, I will never forget having this moment where I called my best friend and I said, I just don't know what to do. And I told her all these different things that I was going through. And, and um, she was like, ooh, like it just, and she has the gift of discernment. Mm. And so she's like, ooh, ooh, what, what? And so next thing she knows, she goes, when was the last time you gave, Kelly? I said, I don't know, but I can't afford to give right now. And she said, you have to. She said, the very next check that you get, I need you to give. Mm. I, okay I called my business manager I told him and he's like are you kidding me have you lost your mind <laughs> you know because I, I remember like getting a, a new person in and he was like you cannot do that right now I said you know what you have to this is this has to happen I was like 
either I'm going to do this or I just have to let you go. He's like, okay, cool, fine, give. I give literally the following week, things just started to happen. Just good things, good things. And it wasn't even like necessarily financial. It was like, oh, um, that's already been taken care of. You're okay. Or, oh, um, you just had something to, that came in from like 10 years ago, a check that just came in from something that you did 10 years ago, come in. Yeah, you're good. Or like, it was just certain small things or just grace, oh, grace. I love that, that's so good. It was grace and it was so real. And I was like, there's something to this. So I kept, I kept going mm. and I remember calling my business manager. I said, this month I'm giving 20%. He's like, you have lost your mind. I said, no, no, no. I said, I have not. I said, you just watch how God is going to flip this. Mm. Literally, it was like, it, for what I gave, I got back double. Mm. For what I gave, I got back double. And I was like, this ain't mine. It, like, it's, it really isn't mine. It's not my money. It's not. And that's how I see it. I'm like, it's not mine. I'm like, but well, look, God, I like this and I like that. And I know I got expensive taste, so I know I got to be careful here and here and here. But he's like, I got you. Mm. I got you. Mm. So I just felt like when I gave, it was always like, let's do. And, and I would just drive <laughs> Tim crazy, my business manager crazy. But I love to give. It just makes me so excited because now I know it's not even just about me. It's about my household. It's about uh, my son. It's about, it's, it's an extension. And you know what I mean? Then it just becomes an extension and it's so beautiful and it makes me so happy. And yeah, I just know that it's not mine. I love that about you. Um, I, I actually, I, I can say this being your pastor now that um, you, you're definitely a person who walks what you talk. Thank you. And, and in fact, you, you, you became a part of Mosaic, then you left, you went off on tour, you're traveling all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> and, and a no. lot of times the only way I, you know, I knew that you would come back in is that you're just always so faithful. And, 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 I, and I, I have to tell you, there is a distinct difference in the quality of people when they live generous lives. Mm. They, they're just kinder. Mm. They are more compassionate. They actually are more enjoyable. I mean, generous people are just more fun. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're just, they're happier. And, yeah. and they actually have better things to talk about because they're not stuck on the meaningless things in life. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, you personify that. And I just want you to know that you just ooze that all over you. And in the way that you, you love life and you love people and are so generous with who you are as a person and, and what God has blessed you with. And you. I also know that you're a person of strong convictions. And I, I, I loved uh, just even some of the conversations I read with you and Titan about uh, being a black man. Mm -hmm. And how I, I think one day what he says to his dad, dad, I'm a, I'm a handsome black man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, we tell him all the time, yeah. And so you, you made it a really um, intentional part of your family culture to, to build into your son a pride for being African-American mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and a deep sense of, of identity. And I, I want you, if you would, just talk to us a little bit because, you know, right now we're, we're, we're just in continuous cultural turmoil. You know, we just had the, um, the death of... Um, of George Floyd, we, you know, we had um, Ahmed Arbery just um, a short time ago, but it just seems like every few weeks or so, there's someone else who has um, lost their life due to police brutality or some extension of racism or social injustice. And, and you, you know, you're a person that has experienced great success, you know, and um, on the scale of most people in the world, you. Uh, most people would aspire to be you and to live the life you have. And yet you also know the challenges of being black in, uh, in a society that has a, a history of slavery and, um, of, and in social injustice. Could you talk to us a little bit about that uh, as a wife and as a mom? And just, I just know there's a lot of people who are going to be uh, joining us for this conversation 
And I would love for some of them who maybe have a hard time seeing things from a different perspective to get a little bit of your own heart and your own perspective on this. Absolutely. Um, I remember when I found out that I was pregnant, I was so excited. And um, I remember Tim was like, are we gonna learn the sex of the baby? I was like, yeah, we're gonna learn the sex of the baby. <laughs> yes, this is important. And so she comes back, my doctor, and she's like, it's a boy. And I go, yay, I'm so excited. And then there was this really weird rush that came over me. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of felt a, a great feeling of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I just held my belly. And I got so scared because I was like, oh my God, like you have all of these different murders that have happened to all these beautiful black lives, period. Mm -hmm. And as beautiful as it is to give life, it's the hardest thing to see life go away senseless in in a senseless manner Mm -hmm. and all centered and because of hate. And all I could think about was, you know, babies are cute when they're little. Yeah. And when they grow up and they're black kids, you know, if they're a certain height, look a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way, or have a specific kind of like urbanism to their twang when they talk, they're going to be judged and looked at in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that could cause hurt to them. Wow. And it made me so scared because I was like, how am I going to prepare him? Mm. What am I going to say? How early am I supposed to say it? Like, mm. and mm. instantly I felt this rush and God was like, I just, I got you. I'm going to give you everything and surround him with the right people. And, but even still like George Floyd was a good man. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? Trayvon was just taking a walk, yeah. you know, in, in everyone else's stories that fall under these senseless acts. And it just makes me angry. I had to talk to a friend about it today. I was like, I know that the Bible says that we're not supposed to have anger. You know what I mean? Or we're not supposed to react or move out of anger, but I'm angry. Like in, I was like, I'm so angry. I'm, I'm thinking things I know I shouldn't think. And she said, it's, it's okay. I need you to, you know, not come down so hard on yourself because the enemy will toy with you like that too. Mm-hmm. And I calmed down. Alicia Keys said to breathe because I listened to her <laughs> live today. And I felt much better. And... All I could think of is what do I need to do to put together a plan to really come to bring my people together so that we can start taking definitive steps to justice as far as this next generation is concerned, the generation that we're in now and to make our ancestors proud and to make each other proud. like. Because now it's going to take some real dissecting of the justice system, of the legal system, because it seems so intricately woven and evil. And I just, I, it's a lot of work. And I keep telling, I, something keeps telling me it's a lot of work, but you got to get involved. Mm-hmm. And you can't be afraid to do the work. Same thing that we were talking about earlier. You, when you're, you're doing the work and you're going through that process, you have to enjoy that process in some strange way, I'm sure, because I'm sure there's going to be so many things that I learn about that, that will shock me, you know what I mean? And, and people that I probably won't really know anymore or will probably not want to talk to me, you know what I mean? But in a, in a walk to freedom, in a walk to a system that won't harm my people, I have to, I got to do the work. Yeah. Mm. And we're all looking for a leader. And I think we all are leaders. We have our own way. I think we have our own way of contributing. So we have to look within ourselves to be leaders. And what's, what is it? Is it that you 
want you feel you want to accomplish and what is it that you're willing to work on and what is it that you're willing to to say and with the time you're willing to sacrifice to put into it it's going to take a lot of work to start disassembling what's been there for years yeah it's so true and um i, I know that there's this always this tension between uh, being angry and then also not wanting to reinforce preconceived notions. You know, it's almost like if you're black and you're angry, then, then the very people who are uh, more inclined to be racist will go, you see, there's our justification. You're an angry black woman or you're an angry black man or you got a chip on your shoulder. No, I'm sorry, but that's years upon years of oppression that's on my shoulder. It has nothing to do with anything else. And, and yet if, we're, if we don't get angry, nothing's going to change. True. And, you know, and the Bible actually says, um, be angry, but do not sin. And uh, so you're allowed to be angry. You just want that anger to be fueled to righteous action. Yes. And in fact, sometimes I think we're not angry enough. Yes. And we're, we, we are too passive and too tolerant and too apathetic. And we just expect things to get better um, somehow. Someone else will make it better. Yeah. And, and I think a part of the problem, and you know, I look at the scriptures, God's always telling his people, to care about the outsider, mm-hmm. to care about the person on the fringes, to care about the person who's defenseless, the person who doesn't have a voice, the person who doesn't have justice, the person who's the poor or the widow or uh, the, um, the orphan. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how in a moment like this, the church doesn't understand that um, we have to be um, a voice for justice. We have to be a voice uh, to get things, to make things right. Yes. It has to be, this has to be the time we just go enough is enough. And, and I know you've been, you've been saying, you know, in that I have to find a way to get my people, but I, I want you to know, even though I'm a Latino, I'm your people. I know you are my people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are your people. And, uh, and what we're going to make sure that it happens is that uh, being the we isn't about color. It's yeah. about justice. It's about dignity. It's about respect. It's about love. And, um, because I just hope and pray that maybe our generation, our lifetime can be the transitional generation yes. where generations to come can look back and go, it used to be different. Yes. But now we're all equal. Now we have all that. Uh, we have that justice. Now uh, um, our, our legal system is, uh, is truly blind justice. And, um, and you know, I, I'm not one of those people that, that tries to say, well, everything's bad or everything's good, you know, and I know there are good police officers. I know there are noble, honorable people who um, live to protect and to serve us. And, and yet we have to acknowledge that um, these things have been going on for so long that it's so ingrained in the culture. There are people who don't even know mm-hmm. that they're being abusive. They don't even realize what they're doing is actually illegal. Mm-hmm. And even though they're carrying a badge yeah. and, and they don't, and I think they've just become numb to the systemic injustice and racism that is latent in our culture. And so I'm hoping even in our conversations, um, we can, we can just keep awakening our society, our culture. I, I'm one of those eternal optimists. I actually believe that if we work hard enough, we can provoke the good in people. Yes. We can, uh, yeah, we can awaken the heroic in people. And, and I hope that together we can all do that, that we can, we can elevate the standard of what it means to be human in, um, in our world. Absolutely. And I, I think that there are awesome people out here. It's so funny. I just filmed a show called Regular Heroes. And to see all of these people who are really stepping up during COVID-19 and helping so many other people, I'm like, I'm so happy that I was able to see this through all of this because, you know, I feel like the enemy will show you something just to taunt you, you know what I mean? And say, see, this is, this is so negative and this is happening and this is happening. And what is your God? Like questioning everything. And I'm just like, I'm so happy that I saw this. And you're so happy that you see, you know, people marching quietly and, and moving and protesting in peace. And it's just, and some people are angry and they have a reason to be that angry. I feel the same amount of anger. Um, but when you see people that are, are doing good, it just makes you feel like we're, we're good. 
Mm. We're going to be okay. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Now, people have been quarantined for months. They're locked up. Some of them are stir crazy. And, and I don't, yeah, you're maybe one of them along the way. <laughs> so I, I just want to um, give you a moment to give, uh, uh, I'm gonna let you be a therapist to everyone who's locked down in their house. Uh, what are some things that you found that have helped you deal with quarantine that have helped you keep your sanity and maybe helped you stay inspired? Me and my son do this thing where we go outside and we just look at the sky. Mm -hmm. um, and he has the wildest imagination. <laughs> and um, we were looking at the sky, but he was like kind of distracted by these trees. And he was able to tell me a whole story behind the trees and how this one was good. And this one did this. And this one is not so nice because you see how the leaves are and da 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 da. <laughs> So I try to think like him sometimes because he's so creative. So I play a lot with him and that strikes creativity. Mm -hmm. um, I write down and journal my thoughts. That strikes creativity. Mm -hmm. um, I also meditate just to empty. I feel like in one day, have you not had like so many thoughts in one day? You're like, well, I'm not doing anything but twiddling my thumb. So I guess it would be a whole bunch of things I'm thinking about. But I try to like literally like I close my eyes and like have like a clear uh, sky and just literally emptying all of my thoughts mm. just so I can just have a moment of peace. Wow. Because I feel like we... I, are thinking about so much right now. You know, it's, it's so much space for it. You know, usually that's taken up with, you know, a phone call or social media or your job or your relationship or this or lunch here and dinner there and like so much. And now it's just like, ho-hum. <laughs> so you need, you need to empty your thoughts. And me and my husband have been in therapy together. And that's been awesome. We've been able to like work on us and our, our marriage and learn about each other and learn about ourselves. And like I said, then I go back to journaling. Um, but yeah, that's been pretty awesome. That's good. Yeah. I'm just wondering, um, is there one particular story in the life of Jesus that has inspired you? Um, I definitely say, like we were talking about earlier, I don't know why I always quote, quote um, this story, which is like when he didn't stay in the church to hang out with everybody, he was out in the world. And I remember when the group was going through this very interesting time where um, we ran into someone who passed a, a lot of judgment on us because they were like, aren't you? you know, girls, church girls, and, you know, how come y'all don't sing for the Lord? And we're like, we sing for the Lord too. Like, we didn't know we had to pick a side. And so I'll never forget that specific story because I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, it was when we were in the middle of Belgium and we were doing the gospel medley that we do. Mm. It was so beautiful, Pastor Irwin, to watch all these kids come to the front of the stage while we were singing. I remember, oh, to leave my blessed Savior, I surrender all. And next thing, it was just kids like laying their heads at the front. And we were praying and Michelle was praying. <laughs> Michelle was praying. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget what that felt like and how electrical it was on the stage and how in that moment, I was like, we're doing exactly what we need to be doing. We are exactly where we need to be. Because mm. how we just been in church, all those folks know God, y'all know God, that's great. What about these other kids who are going through their own struggle? And after they leave this concert, what are they going home to? What are they dealing with? Did we just make them feel something? Have they discovered God here? How cool is that to be used? Awesome, it's so good. Did you have that song memorized? Not right now with the girls I do. For some strange reason, when we come together, I will forget every song. Because right, I was gonna, make, I was gonna make you like take. A <laughs> yeah, I don't, and it's not honestly. It sounds better with the three of us. 
<laughs> All right, I'll, left you, I'll let you off the hook on that one then. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me and having this conversation with me. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much. I've truly enjoyed it. And we look forward to one day seeing you, um, not in a box, but uh, gathered together and going to give you a hug and just look forward to seeing you all again. And I look forward to, you know, I'm very vocal when you start mm -hmm. to preach. <laughs> I look forward to sitting in the crowd again oh. and feeling those moments. Me and Angela Davis are quite loud. It's because we feel it in a different way. But it's I love that. I love that. You just you just oh. keep that up. Uh, oh, I just got you on a personal level. What, what, what was something that attracted you to Mosaic when you first started coming? One, it felt like family. Mm. Two, Titan went to Children's Church, remember? Mm -hmm. And it's like he's obsessed with whales. The first time we came, how is it that just out the blue, it was Joan and the whale that the kids were talking about that day? That's beautiful. So it was, it felt like it was the place we were to be as a family. That's so, so good. I love that. It's beautiful. Felt like family, beautiful, great kids program. Felt like a place you belong at. We're going to re-edit this so that yeah. when I ask you again, you can say it was your messages. <laughs> I'm saying it did. I mean, it, it was, of course, it was the word. It's all right. It's too late. I, I, I said so. I gave you it wasn't, no, but you didn't. But it was Joe that preached. And then I heard you the third time that I went. And the third time that I went, I was like, so. <laughs> it's all right. You can, you can try to fix it. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll tell Pastor Joe that, that fortunately you didn't hear me till the third time. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful thing i love that it's so good kelly god bless you sis and um and we'll see you soon all right absolutely I all right good night bye thank you so much for joining us on the mosaic podcast i want to encourage you to take the message you've just received allow it to go deeply into your soul to allow jesus to do the deep work that only he can do and I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.